to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. We thank you for your continued believing for cash. Uh, we passed the 40-day mark now, but that's okay. The uh, kids, I was over there this week, kids got a bill in and said, my gosh, you know, our first little bill from the hospital. I said, that's not your problem. What do you get the babysitting bill that I'm going to... You're never going to be able to pay that, praise God. You, it's over for you, man. It's tough. So, so hallelujah. We thank you for that, and we're just continuing to rejoice and uh, believe God. You know, sometimes that's all you can do is believe God. I mean, oh, that's good, though, to believe God. Better to believe God than the doctor or your friends or your aunts or your uncles. You just believe God. Praise God. A lot of times when you believe God, you make people mad. How many of you know that? Oh, I'm a Christian. What are you believing? What? Nice to meet you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm just reading your mind with my mind right now, basically, so. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. All right, take your Bibles this morning. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Should be not right near the front of your Bible there. Glory to God forever. Seems to me now that I've been saved over 30 years and been seeking the kingdom that the church seems to, instead of adding things together, they seem to jump from one thing to the other and leave the other thing behind. And if, if you're born again and you've been in the church a long time, every little phase that came to you and you went through was part of building you to where you are now. It's not something that you put behind and then just move on. And back in the early 90s and the 80s, I mean, the Holy Ghost was every, everybody's writing a book about the Holy Ghost. Everybody's talking about the Holy Ghost. Everybody's talking about the anointing. Everybody's talking about the power. Everybody's talking about, and how many know there's nothing wrong with that? But the years before that, if you check, nobody talked about the Holy Ghost that much. They talked about the authority that we had as believers. So once we got to the anointing part of it, the Holy Ghost part of it, we left the authority back because that's an old message. We don't need that anymore. How many know this message never gets old? Praise God. And what we want to do is we want to make sure you're rounded out and you understand that everything goes together. That's what God does. He puts everything together. He's building you block upon block, line upon line, precept upon precept. So if you get excited about the Holy Ghost, that's good. But don't forget about the authority that you've got. And if it, you combine and then remember the promises to put them to. And I mean, it's just a growing thing that you continue to grow. That's why, you know, I've got notes at home. I mean, I've got notes at home. Yeah. I have got notes at home. <laughs> and many times I go back to the notes that I had eight years ago. And I read that whole teaching that I did. And I found out some of that stuff has gone by the wayside and waned. And what I want to do is I want to keep that built in. You know, I want to keep my heavenly identity built in. I want to keep faith built in. I want to keep Christ in me, the hope of glory built in. So I go back over those old things and I go over them and over them over again. And, you know, I'll take one a week and I'll go through those things. Why is that? Because I don't want to forget those things that I need to remember in the situations that come up now. Because how many know all of us go through situations? I mean, you just, it's just the way the world is. You're going to run into problems. And in order to do that, you need not only the anointing, you need the authority. And not only the authority, you need the anointing. And if we're going to walk in victory and actually be kingdom people and live in righteousness, peace, and in the Holy Ghost, then in order to do that, we need everything that God has. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. 
It says, and God said, let us make man, that's you, in our image and likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Here's God's original plan and purpose was to create mankind, the species of mankind, and at that time give that man dominion over the earth. Why did he do that? Because he wanted all of us to be under rulers in his family as sons and daughters of him to rule and reign on a physical place called the earth. He is in a spiritual place called heaven. How many of you know heaven's a real place? How many of you know he's ruling up there and he doesn't need your help up there? He's doing a very good job and everything's going well. So he wants us here. <laughs> Jesus help us all. Hallelujah. It's just my wife having a little meltdown over here. That's all right. Praise. Everything's fine. It's fine. So here he says he has given you dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Notice he's given you dominion over everything that is on the earth. That makes you a ruler. That gives you dominion. The word dominion is you can command, you can enforce, and you have the right to choose. Say, I have the right, have the right. To, choose. to choose. Now, I never knew that when I was growing up. When I was growing up, it was basically Doris Day, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. And if God wanted you blessed, then you'd be blessed. If God wanted you healed, he'd heal you. If God wanted you anointed, he'd anoint you. But I found out later on in my life that I could choose what God had already promised me and walk in it. So when I found out I was anointed, I no longer prayed for the anointing or begged God for the anointing. I chose the anointing. Because it was already there. And when I found out that God healed me 2,000 years ago, I didn't pray for healing, ask for healing. I chose healing. I chose peace. I chose joy. I chose these things because he had given me authority to do these things. God never wanted man to be poor. He never wanted man to be weak. He never wanted man to be sick. If he wanted that, he'd have created us that way. But he didn't. And let me tell you what, his plan never changes no matter how much, and this is good, no matter how much Adam screwed everything up, his plan never changed. Now, that's good because it doesn't matter how many things I screw up. His plan for me never changes, and he'll bring me back to where I'm supposed to be and get me back on the right path to go. So basically, Jesus did not come to get us heaven back like we've been taught for years and years. He didn't come back to bring us back religion. He came back to bring us back the authority that Adam lost in the garden when he gave it up to the enemy. Are you following me? So Jesus came, what for? Well, he gave us heaven. Well, that's part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God's bigger than heaven. You know, the kingdom of God includes heaven. It includes peace. It includes joy. It includes power. All these things, when you entered the kingdom of God, became yours because you entered the kingdom of God. It's like when you go to Golden Corral. We brought it up once. We might as well bring it up again. There's more there than just the meat department. But when you go to Golden Corral, all that is inclusive. See, you don't have to go to the Golden Corral and eat meat and pray for the salad. But as Christians, that's what we do, don't we? We come in the kingdom of God, and we're going to heaven. Now we've got to pray for this and pray for that and pray for this. When he's already given us those things, when you got born again, all those things came by birth. Say, by birth. Amen. Glory to God, by birth. Amen. That means they don't leave me because that's where I was born, praise God. I was born into peace. I was born into joy. I was born into power. All these things I was born into. And now I'm called to have dominion in this hour to rule and reign in the earth realm, not only in other people's life, but in my own life. I've got to start using my authority to stay free, to live free. We sang along songs about free this morning. You are free. Yes. He says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has already made you free. So that means I'm already in freedom, but things are going to come against my freedom. Come on, you're a king, the Bible says. I mean, you know when you're a king, people come against your kingdom. 
And when they do, you've got to blow them things out of there. You've got to fight them off. So we are kings and priests unto God, but everything that God has already given us, we need to protect and we need to use our authority to walk in those things in order to be used by God according to God's will. God's plan never changes. All right, go to Psalm 8. All right, Psalm 8, let's just, well, let's just start at verse 1. It's so good we can't skip over anything. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now this is interesting here. This basically goes along with Genesis chapter 1. It says that there's, there's angels out there, there's other spirit beings who look and say, What's the deal with this man? Why does God give him dominion? Why does God give him glory? Why does God give him the position that he's got? They're all upset about this because they can't understand why God created man. And notice what it says. It says he was created man a little lower than who? The angels. Now, if you look that word up, I don't know why it was ever translated by this. The word there is Elohim. How many of you know that's not the word for angels? That's the word for God. So man was created just a little bit lower than God. You were created a little bit lower than God. Now, why did he do that? Because he wants a relationship. Sure, you know, in my, when I went looking for a girlfriend, I didn't look for a horse. I didn't look for a cow. Come on now, I look for something on my level. Are you following me? So it had to be a woman, basically. And it's the same way with God. If God was going to have sons and daughters, then he had to create them in his image and likeness like him so he could have a relationship with them. Are you following me? So here he created man. He created them just a little lower than God. Here it says we are crowned with glory and honor. Now who wears a crown? A king, don't they? A king does. So we've created just below. This was God's will. This was God's purpose. This is what God wanted to do. When he did that and Adam fell, Jesus came to get back our authority and our position and the Holy Ghost. Those three things. That's why he came back. Praise God. The church has taught, well, you're going to go to heaven. And that's great. But if you don't know you got the Holy Ghost, authority, and everything else, you're going to go through hell on your way to heaven. You won't have to go there because you'll live here in hell your whole life. And we don't want to do that. We want to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right, go to Psalm 115. All right, Psalm 115, look at verse 16. The heaven, even the heaven are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of who? Amen. Now this explains it, don't it? The heavens belong to the Lord, heaven belongs to the Lord, the earth belongs to him too, but notice who he put in charge of the earth, he put the children of men. How many of you are children of men? So he put us in charge down here with the authority, and basically God rules in heaven, 
and he rules here on earth. Now, the problem that most people have in the church and most Christians have been taught is that God is in control of everything. How many of you ever heard that? Is there anybody in here that hasn't heard that? No, we've heard that, haven't we? God's in control of everything. No, God's not in control of everything. People say, if God's in control, why is the world so bad? Simple, he's not. And it's simple why it's so bad, you are. See, God's not in control. If God wanted to be in control, he'd have made man, came down and ruled man. But he didn't. He gave man dominion and put him on the earth and told him to rule and reign here on the earth. You do it. You got the authority. You take care of it. But many of the things we have power and authority over, we're still asking him to do, but he doesn't want to do them because he conditioned you to do them. Are you following me? It's like, all right, I've been watching Talon now for weeks, and basically when Talon does something wrong, I don't call Aaron and say, Aaron, I just pray to you, would you please get Talon to sit down and eat her dinner? Would you please do that for me? He would think I'm nuts. Come on, uh, Aaron, Alan's close to a, uh, Talon's close to an electric plug. Would you please tell her to stop and get away from that electric plug? What do you think he'd tell me? He'd say, tell her yourself. And God's saying, tell him yourself. No, when she goes close to something, I say, stop. Why? I have authority. I say, don't do that. I say, sit down. Why? Because I have authority. I don't pray, oh, Talon, Lord, touch her heart that she may sit down. And she may, please, please sit down. And I mean, if that prayer was good, I'd, I'd pray that even she wouldn't poop her pants anymore. But how many know that that prayer doesn't work? Are you following me? So look, there's authority there, but we're not using our authority. We're still praying for him to do things in our life that we have the authority to do. And those things he wanted us to take care of. Those are things he wanted us to do. He wanted you to resist things that come against your life. He wanted you to resist strife that tries to come in. Resist fear that's not of God that would try to come in in the life. Resist all these things. Why? Because he's given us the authority to do that. And this is your responsibility. Especially if you've been a Christian for quite some time, you have a responsibility to resist these things in your own life. And you can do it. How many know you can resist offense? Nobody makes you get offended. The devil didn't make you do it. You chose to do it. So I'm not going to walk in unforgiveness. I'm going to, why? Because I've got authority over those things and I know they're not in line with God's will. So I'm going to start using my authority in areas of my life. And it doesn't take long to say, stop, go, get away, get off me, get away, peace in the name of Jesus. It doesn't take a long time to do that, praise God. It just takes a short while to do that because we're starting to use our authority. So God is not in control of everything. He's in control of everything when you're in the kingdom and you're in control of everything. See, because he wants to rule and reign out of the inside of you. That's why you have somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus would have never had any authority here on the earth if he didn't come as a man. If he came as a God, he wouldn't have had any authority down here because God doesn't have any authority. He didn't say, let us have dominion. He said, let them have dominion. So you're the one who has dominion, basically. So Jesus, the man, was only legal. the, The only thing he did was make Christ, the Spirit, legal here on the earth. Are you following if Christ would have just came without the man Jesus, he would, couldn't have did anything here anyway because he has no authority down here. Now, there's one day he will, thank God. And how many know things are going to work out pretty good then? But right now, we're put here. You know, we sing the song of uh, Build Your Kingdom, and in one verse it says, we're the hope here on the earth. Amen. It's the truth. Yes. You're the hope here on the earth. You're the one who's going to run into that person this week and needs God, who needs deliverance, who needs freedom, who needs to know about the kingdom of God. You're the one. It's not, you don't go home and say, oh, God, touch that person. 
No, he wants to touch that person through you. See? He's the pizza man. You're the pizza deliverer. We're here to deliver. And we want to keep asking God to do this and asking God to do that. And God says, I want some children to rise up. You can grow up and become sons of the living God. And you can start taking your authority and say, stop, go, quit, oh. And just use your authority to do that. And by doing that, the power of the anointing on the inside of you is released. I think of it as a gun. I don't care how loaded your gun is. If you don't pull the trigger, it ain't going to do nobody any harm. But boy, if that gun's loaded and you say stop and it shoots, somebody's going to stop. See? What are you doing? You're pulling the trigger on it. It's just a simple thing. Stop. Go. Get off. Peace in the name of Jesus. And when you speak that stuff, it changes the whole atmosphere and changes everything, basically because you have something called authority. Say authority. authority. All right, go to Romans chapter 6. And I know people are going to think you're nuts when you start talking to things. But that's all right. Jesus spoke to a tree, for God's sakes. How would you like to bend with him that day when he looked at a tree and spoke to it? Oh, he's went off the deep end now. Please. One time he started teaching about eating his body and drinking his blood. My gosh, everybody in the world left him except about the 12. And then he said, are you going to go too? And they said, well, we're thinking about it, but we ain't got no place else to go, so we're going to go ahead and stay. Right? Even they were saying, oh, because we don't understand these things. All right, Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 16. Know ye not, or don't you know, that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Now, this tells you something. If you don't use your authority and you yield to something, you become a servant to that something, even though you have authority over that something. Are you following me? What did Adam do? Adam had an opportunity. He had authority in the garden to resist the devil when he came in a snake, but he did not. So when he did that, he became a servant to the devil and took all mankind with him by their nature, being born of this world, to where everybody was born under sin, under sickness, under the devil, under all these things, basically because they yield themselves to that. So whatever, many of the bondages you struggle with are because you're yield to that. Are you following me? If you yield to that, if you claim that, if that's who you are, then that's what you're going to suffer. Because you've got authority over those things. That's not who God says you are. That's who somebody told you you were or who you thought you were. And as long as that happens, that's why we need to change our identity. The greatest thing ever happened was the first class I ever studied was my new identity. Because I needed a new identity. My old one wasn't good at all. I was worthless. I was small. I was short. I was an alcoholic. I was terrible. I was fearful. I was an introvert. I was, dear Lord. I mean, and if I continued to believe those things, I would have still been those things. Now, notice, I didn't fight against those things. I didn't struggle against those things. I simply changed my yielding to associate with my new nature rather than to continue to believe my old nature. That's why I got delivered instantly from alcoholism because I came to a point where I decided, according to the word, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm free from alcohol, and I'm no longer an alcoholic. And since I wasn't an alcoholic, alcoholics don't drink. Now, if I had claimed to still be an alcoholic, it would have been easy for me to drink because most alcoholics drink. Are you following me? 
So if you're an angry person, oh, I've been an angry person. That's where I've been. I'm just angry. That's that's the way I handle situations. That's where I do things. You will remain an angry person. You will constantly do it, repent. Do it, repent. Do it, repent. And repent is not just saying, I'm sorry. It's turning away from that. And the way you turn away from that is not through your human effort or not through your will. It's through believing your heavenly identity that God has already given and no longer yielding to that stuff. You talk to people all the time. Yeah, I've suffered from rejection my whole life. Well, you still will the rest of your life because you believe you're a person who's rejected. You believe you're a person who becomes offended. Well, I've tried not to become offended, but I've just got to be offended. Well, then you're going to be offended, but I'm not a person who gets offended, and I would talk to myself. See? The person that really needs to know who you are is you better than everybody else around you. We always want to show everybody who we are and how holy we are and right. So why don't you start with you? See, I'm a righteous person. The Bible said I'm righteous. I'm righteous. We don't look righteous. I don't care what I look like. I'm righteous. And since I'm righteous, I'm going to live a righteous lifestyle so I can detect sin very easily. I don't have to search for it. I don't have to go to bed every night and recall all the sins I had that day like I used to when I was a kid and then try to get rid of them. No, instantly I know that I stepped out of righteousness because I'm a righteous person. You know, if you've got a brand new top on and you're painting and you get a spot on, nobody's got to tell you you've got a spot on. You know you've got it and you be water that thing. You'd be doing everything to get that spot off right away because you have a nice top on to begin with. Are you following? So we want to continue to change, don't we? We want to continue to yield to the right things. We don't want to, to basically yield to things that are not of God in our life. We want to change our identity to line up with God's identity. And when you read about, you just start making a list when you read the Bible of what God said about you. Oh my gosh. You, you want to be bragged up a little bit? Go with God. Amen. See, people say, well, you can't get prideful, but you can believe what God says you are. No, that's pride. No, that's dumbness if you don't want to do that. See? Well, pastor, you think you're anointed. I don't think I'm anointed. I am anointed. Why? He did it. What did you do to get it? Born again. Well, you're very patient. What did you do to do that? Got born again. You're healed. What did you do to Born again. I didn't do anything. I was born that way into the kingdom of God. Give God the glory for it and God the credit for it. And there is no pride in that. But I'm just a worm. I'm just a little worm, weak worm. But God's working on me. Well, what else can he do? He's already given you a new nature. He's already done everything for you. And you want him to do something else. He's not going to come back down and die again on the cross. I can guarantee that. It was the Bible says for once he came down and died for each and every one of us. So I want to take on the divine nature of God. How do I want to do it? I don't want to yield to the Satan and sin and all that stuff. I want to yield to God and what God said. People say, I want to yield to God. Well, what did God say? I don't know, but I'm yielded to God. No, you're not. You don't even know what he said. You've got to find out what he said if you're going to yield to it. See? So I go through the Bible and I find things here and I see everything. And now I come to a place where I find out, oh my gosh, I've got authority. Huh? Look at that. I got the Holy Ghost. I got authority in my life. I've got some power in my life, praise God. And I know I'm no longer subject to sin. I'm no longer subject to sickness. I'm no longer subject. Because if you think sickness ends with COVID, it's not going to end there. They're going to come up with something new. Somebody's working on something right now, I'm sure, to get it out there. So we got to learn to walk in victory now, don't we? We got to do it now. We got to use our authority now praise God. And that's the authority that he gave us, praise God, so that we would do it. So once we got born again, we're no longer subject to the devil. We're no longer subject to the God, little G-O-D of this world. We now have authority over him, praise God. And we walk above him in every single area of our life, praise God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to run through a couple scriptures here quickly to show you. Number one, 
that Adam lost the authority. And number two, I'm not lying. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, are you there? Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, say the God of this world. Notice it's a little G, isn't it? So that's the devil. The little God of this world, what does he do? He blinds the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. So what's he trying to do? He's trying to make sure you don't find out who you are. And he's the little G-O-D of this world because of what Adam did and gave him the authority there. Go to John chapter 12. All right, John chapter 12, look at verse 31. Jesus is speaking. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Who's the prince of the world he's talking about? Satan, Satan, the devil. So he's called the God of this world. He's called the prince of this world. Go back to John chapter, or we'll go up to John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking again. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes, and he has nothing where? In In me. So who does he call Satan here? prince of this world. So here you can see even Jesus was acknowledging that he had authority here on the earth thanks to Adam. But notice what Jesus said. He has no right over me because he has nothing where? 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 In me. Not out here. In me. In other words, there's things in me that have to line up with the word of God once I get born again. So he has nothing in me. He's not going to tell me I'm a fearful person. He's not going to convince me I'm a sickly person. He's not going to convince me I'm a weak person. He's not going to convince me that nobody likes me. He's not going to convince me all these things. Why does he try to do that? So he has something in you where he can be effective in your life. So the transformation doesn't come out here. It comes from in here. And that's why it's tough because a lot of times you're going to be transforming in here while you're still doing something out here. And you're going to be tempted to believe the out here rather than the in here. Are you following me? That's the way you do it. So if you're an angry person, you study the Bible, you find a soft answer turns away wrath. That's me. What do I do? I'm a soft answer. I turn away wrath. I'm not an angry person anymore. I never get angry. I'm in peaceful. I'm in joy. I'm always calm. I'm laid back. Somebody says something, you go, ah, and then you stop. You say, oh, geez, I repent of that. That's not who I am. I'm not an angry person. I'm not an angry. I don't do angry. I don't. So you can't say, oh, I blew it. Yes, I am an angry person there for a little while. I wasn't angry. Now I'm a- you go back and forth the rest of your life trying to figure out who you are. You've got to stay on God's word. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. Well, I preached and I didn't feel the anointing. I don't care. It still says you're anointed. Well, I don't know if anybody got anything. Did you preach the word? So you've got to let the word do a little work. You're not responsible for everything. You just throw it out there like seed. You know, some people eat it, some people don't, some people spit up, some people choke. It, it doesn't matter. You throw it out there. Are you, are you following me? And everybody hears something different. That's the way it is. Your job is just to deliver it. Their job is to eat it. So you don't sit there every time you preach and say, oh, I don't think anybody got anything. Nobody said amen except one, time, one old lady back in the corner yelled amen one time and that's all. I did. It don't matter what people's faces look like. It don't matter as long as the word of God's going out. Somebody's getting something, praise God. I don't have to see you jump up and yell hallelujah. I know you're getting something this morning, praise God, hallelujah. Because it's the word of the living God and that's the seed of God that's on the inside of you, praise God. All right, go to First John chapter 5.
All right, 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sins not. Now, that right there, 90% of people in the church are contradicting that scripture. We all sin. Every single one of us got to sin sometime. We've all got to sin sometime. You know we're not perfect. We've all got to sin sometime. Well, you'll definitely sin at least sometime, maybe more than that if you expand your confession. See, but what does this scripture say? We know that whoever is born of God sins not. Well, maybe God's confused. But he that is begotten of God, how many are you? Keeps himself. Notice, God not the one that keepeth you. You keepeth yourself. And that the wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God, but the whole world lies in what? People say, well, why is the world like it is today? Well, right there it'll tell you. That scripture will explain it to you right now. The rest of the world's living in wickedness. They're still living in wicked. They are wicked yet. If they're not born again, they're still of the devil. They're still being controlled and influenced by the devil in their daily life. It doesn't matter how good they look. If they don't have the divine nature of God, they are not going to act like God or have a chance to grow into the things of God. So the whole world lies in wickedness, but we're not the whole world. We've been set free. So I've got authority over things in my life now that used to get to me, that used to cause me to blow up, that used to cause me to think away, and I want to use my authority over those things and keep them out of my life. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Really getting the dust out of your Bibles today, praise God. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, let's just start in verse 1. Powerful scripture here. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the power of prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past. How many of you did? Come on, in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of your mind and of the flesh, and you were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So this explains who we were and who they are, if they're not born again, who we were before we were born again. We were following the prince of the power of the air. He was controlling us. He was telling us what to do. We were doing it. But notice what the problem was. It says there, and in the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath. Say the nature. nature. Say it again, by nature. nature. Notice, sin is not the problem in the world today. Nature is is the problem in the world today. Sin is not your problem. The nature you're associating with that deals with sin is your problem. So if you think you're that, you're going to act like that even though you're not that. And the devil finds your spot. He knows where your spot is. He knows where to, he's listening to you talk before. He knows where to come after you at. He knows where to hit you at because he wants to convince you that's who you are even though you're not. So even though I have the divine nature of God, how many know the divine nature of God don't have any anger in it? doesn't have any offense, doesn't have any unforgiveness. Well, when you were drawn, you were a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away and all things became. So if all things became new, I got the nature of God on the inside of me when I got born again. That's why everything, you don't know what happened when you got born again, but something, you knew something happened for God's sakes. That's because that new nature came in and took over the old nature and pushed it out. Now you can continue to claim the old nature the rest of your life and battle sin, but sin is not your problem. It's a nature problem. If you can agree with God and change your nature, you'll not have a sin problem anymore. Well, I'm just a depressed person. No, you're not. God's not depressed and you're not depressed. Quit saying that. 
Quit doing it. Rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus and run it out of your life and say, I'm one of the happiest people in the whole wide world. Paul was in prison. He said, I think myself happy. Why do you think he said that? Because he needed to. Because he could have thought himself a lot of different ways while in prison. He said, I think myself happy. How many of there's sometimes you got to think yourself happy? Sometimes you got to think yourself just to get out of bed. Come on, what is that? That's all things coming against your mind, coming to keep you down, coming to keep you. This person don't like you. That person don't care about you. That person's going to get mad at you. On and on, he just keeps coming. And he'll find your spot. He'll find it. And he'll drill it and drill it until you change and line up with the nature of God that's on the inside of you that actually belongs to you. And that stuff will just fly out the window then. And you won't have to have deliverance and deal with that stuff anymore. See, don't keep claiming it. Just do keep going with it. So basically, and you can see, authority is an important thing. There's authority in the world right now. What, why do we have authority? Because most of the authority you can, you can recognize is being misused. Yes. We've got nation against nation, authority. Husbands against wife, authority problem. Management against labor, authority problem. Man's desire to rule other men. But notice in Genesis chapter 1, it didn't say anything about you ruling anybody else talked about you ruling everything on the earth but that we've got christians trying to dominate christians we've got pastors trying to dominate congregations they're my people they're my member they're my no they're god's people and in the kingdom of god there is no membership everybody's a citizen not a member so if one citizen wants to come to this church they can come if one citizen wants to leave this church they can leave it's up to them basically but you're just a citizen but it doesn't mean you leave the kingdom of god just means you left where you're being raised up to be a disciple of the kingdom so you can disciple other people to be a kingdom, praise God. And that's what we want to do, to get people into the kingdom of God through the power of God. And, and the whole battle in the earth today is over man. Because the devil can't do anything without a man. And God can't do nothing without a man. You know, uh, uh, who, did, did you ever see the devil write an write a evil book? No, he had to use somebody to write it. Ever see the devil rape anybody? No, he had to find some man to do his work. Do you ever see uh, God preaching the gospel? No, he uses man, come on, to preach the gospel. He said, Those, these signs shall follow me, them that believe. They, they, they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out devils, and they shall speak in other tongues. Did you ever say, God, pray in the other tongues for me today? No, we got that and down, don't we? I know I got to pray in tongues. Well, you got to lay hands. You got to use your authority. You got to heal. You got to do the other things too because you're the one responsible to do it in your life. And there's no greater joy when you start to use basically the, the power of God and the authority of God to set other people free and you get free. I mean, we sing this morning, we are free. We are free. Bless God, we have the victory. I like that song because it renews me because maybe this week sometimes I didn't feel like I had anything much less victory. But now I'm confessing it, ain't I? I have the, I have the victory. That's right. That's right. I forgot. I've got the victory. That's right. I've been trying to get the victory all week. Devil, you tried to trick me, didn't you? No, I've got the victory. Praise God. I got the victory in that area. Glory to God. Get out of my life. I'm going to stay in victory because that's where God, that's where Jesus went to the cross. That's why he did everything for me. Praise God. So I'm going to walk in victory. How? But I'm going to do it by believing God and that divine nature that I have on the inside of me. Don't battle sin your whole life or your battle sin your whole life. Just battle it forever. You can hear stories, for 50 years I've been fighting this. Keep fighting it. <laughs> You're just wearing yourself out. And then you feel bad. So then you get religious and do something to make God like you again. 
And then that doesn't work and, you know, oh, Lord, I sinned. I'll go to church three times this week just to make it up. You don't have to make it up to God. God loves you any way they are. The only person guilty is you, not him. See? But we want to change our nature, and as we do that, we line up with God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 2. We fed you this morning, so we can probably go to like 4 o'clock today. You should be all right before you eat again. I'm just kidding you. Before you walk out, I'm just kidding you. I believe a lot can be said in a short amount of time. Hebrews chapter 2, are you there? I look at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, how many of you are? Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy, bring to naught, annihilate him that had the power, that word there is actually authority, who had the authority of death, that is the devil. So, yes, resurrection, Jesus went to the cross. We're so happy he's raised from the dead. Hallelujah, it's Easter. But if you don't understand what he did it for, then you're not going to partake of what it is. Do you see? What did he do? He went to the cross, and at that time, he destroyed the power of death. And that's not only physical death, but spiritual death that we had on the inside of us because we changed our nature. Look at verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were in all their lifetime subject to what? Bondage. So he destroyed these things in our life. He put them to naught. He put it to naught. Why? Because he wants his plan to be fulfilled from Genesis chapter 1. But he had to wait till Jesus came back and restored us to our position, restored us to our authority, restored us to our anointing, restored us to our position. Most people in the church don't even know their position. <coughs> and they get mad when you preach the position. Well, you just raise yourself up all the time. No, he raised me up and seated me in heavenly places far above all principality, power, mind. It had nothing to do with me. Well, you just want him to come down, bring him down to your level. No, he came down to my level on his own. I had nothing to do with that. He knew what he was doing, and I didn't. He came down on his level. So it's not prideful thing again. It is believing the word of God as it's written and believing what Jesus has provided for us, which is very, very important. All right, go to Mark chapter 11. All right, Mark chapter 11, very well-known verse. Let's start in verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. For verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. How did I get into this predicament? He shall have whatsoever he says. Why am I the way I am? Because he shall have whatsoever he says. So you just go back and find out where your problem is and just go to the mirror. Yep. There you go. And there it'll be. Your problem's going to be right there. Because you were conditioned that way. When we were growing up, everybody told us who we were and what we were supposed to be like. This is the way you need to be. This is the way you have to be. This is who you are. This is it. You're an unruly kid. You're going to end up in jail. You're a bad boy. You just never listen. You, and all those things we bring along with us. Did you hear what I said? I, I was told I'd just never listen. No. 
Didn't hear a word you said. See, because we've got to break all that stuff off of our life through the word of God and through the power of God. And notice what Jesus did here. He used his authority to speak to things. When you study his life, you think, my gosh, my life, I, whenever I study his life, I think my life is really nothing like his yet. In a way it is, but I've got a lot of way to go in order to do it. So here we have a spiritually alive man who came in a physical body who had authority, and he functioned here on the earth, and the way he functions is the way we're supposed to function because now we're spiritually alive people. And when, when, I, when I study Jesus, I see that he never did long prayers. Most of the time, he never even asked the Father. Now, I'm not saying these things are wrong, but I want to, I want to minister like Jesus. Amen. I don't want to have to pray for somebody for 45 minutes and say in Jesus' name 35 times to try to get something done, see? And you study the life of Jesus and what he did, what did he do? Hold thy peace and come out of him. How I many know that's not a very long prayer? Do you want to heal me? I will. Be clean. What did he do? Walked away. Son, thy sins are forgiven. Walked away. Arise, take up your bed and go. Stretch forth thy hand. Walked away. Peace, be still storm stopped. Come out of that man, you unclean spirit. It did. And we are, oh God, I'm just asking you now, if you'd please remove this unclean spirit. And I'm hoping that you do that because this is a real good person and they really deserve not to have an unclean spirit. So if you could put a clean spirit in place of the unclean spirit, we would really be happy for you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. And once again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that Jesus didn't, I never saw him take any time. He just, come out. How would you like to deliver people? Come out, walk away. Does it happen that way all the time? No, it doesn't. We don't know our authority, and you don't know where the other person is, but Jesus did not do what I was doing a lot of my life. I, and I went back and checked everything out because I keep track of stuff that I did in my life that worked and stuff in my life that didn't work. And the stuff in my life that worked, when I went back, I found out it was quick stuff. I went into a hospital one time. Somebody was in there. We were visiting. They said their dad's in the next room. He's supposed to die. He's got some kind of disease or something, and they told him he's going to die, and he's just laying there to die. And God told me to go in there, and I went in there, didn't even know the guy. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, do you want to live? He said, yes. I said, then get up, get dressed, and get out of here. And I walked out. And the next day, he got up, got dressed, and got out of there. Amen. And I thought, wow, that wasn't much of a prayer, Lord. <laughs> I mean, if you, gave me a little, if you gave me a little more time, I could have rehearsed something really good. <laughs> Ever think of that? I mean, I could have wrote something down. I mean, I could have had a man-raising prayer like would knock your socks off, praise God. But I didn't have time to think. First healing I ever did, somebody came up and they asked me, the first time I ever laid hands on anybody. I wasn't in the upper crust. We don't lay hands on people, just the crust, upper crust. I was just the crusty part of it. But they didn't have enough people and they called me up there to pray. And somebody came up with a, somebody who had a baby up north with a hole in its heart and it wasn't supposed to live. So I just said, be healed in Jesus. And they fell down in the power of God. And that's all I said. I didn't even get to Jesus' name. And I went to the next person. The next day they called and they were healed. I thought, God think I, I probably could have done a lot better than that. Do you ever think of that when you pray for people? Amen. I could have a lot better with that prayer. I could have had more force behind it. Could really emphasize the Jesus name. Or... But it's not that. It's just understanding the will of God in a situation and acting on your authority subconsciously or dumbly as long as you do it, do you see? And that's the way Jesus operated. I mean, damsel, arise. Yep. I mean, that don't take long. I mean, the things that he did, how about this? Somebody in the tomb for four days. I mean, all the way there, I'd have been writing me a good prayer to get there, praise God. This guy's been dead. And people are telling me he's going to stink. And they're accusing me that if I'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. First, I'd have been offended. <laughs> then I decided I don't like stinky bodies. So I'd have probably called one of the people in the congregation to go deal with that situation. 
But no, Jesus brushed it off, brushed off the chance for offense, didn't really care, got there and said, Lazarus, come forth. That was it. And here he came. Boing, 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 boing. People think he walked out of there. No, he was wrapped up. He came boinging out of there. And Jesus saw the boinging and said, loose him and let him go and walked away. And guess what? I don't know what happened. All at once he got loosed and he left go. But what was he doing? He was aware of the authority that he had in your life. Now, get out of my life, spirit of fear. That should work. Get away from me, worry, praise God. I cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. I'm taking my authority over that situation. I'm taking. The longer you meditate on something, the more it grows. So if you see yourself as a worried person, you are going to live your life as a worried person. If you see yourself as a fearful person, and I'll tell you, if you see yourself as that, it will come out of here all the time. Well, I was just so afraid. I was so fearful. I just, I just was so afraid. I was, well, stop saying that for gosh sakes. You're not a fearful person. You're a person with authority. You're a person with authority and power. You can walk in freedom in every single day of your life. And the freer you get, the more bold you get to free other people because it's known you've worked for me. So I went back, you know, and I checked some things. I thought, my God, whatever I said something, I didn't have time to think. And just spit it out there and walked away. It seemed to work better than my long prayers that I was trying to conjure up or do whatever or do this or do that. So basically, you've got power on the inside of you, but all authority is is the trigger. You know, how I many you know it doesn't take long when you pull the trigger? It doesn't, well, I'm going to kick this bullet out of there sometime. It may come out. I'm not sure it's going to come out or not. I mean, it just goes bang. And your authority works that way. You've got power on the inside of you, and when you pull the trigger, be healed. Bang. You shut, just blow it off, put it back in the holster, and go find somebody else. Amen. Amen. Blow it. Hallelujah. Raised from the dead. Get up. Go. Be free. But once again, it starts with us, don't it? Because you can't be on your way to raise a Lazarus and get offended on the way. See? I mean, a lot of people, back when I, when I drove to church a long way, there's times by the time I got to church, I needed deliverance. I just rode in a car with two little kids, and they were driving me nuts, praise God, before. And then, some of you don't know, but there used to be a drawbridge down there. There wasn't the big bridge, there was a drawbridge. And I swear the devil, every time he knew I was coming, he'd put that thing down. I think he owned a boat. And he just made sure he came through every time we were already coming there late. What was he doing? By the time he got to church, everybody say, how you doing today? Blessed. And you'd like to say, dang, this is an ugly, stupid day. I hate it. And I learned to say, no more bad days. I'm having no more bad. How you doing today? Well, I ain't having any more bad days, so I guess this is a good day. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? I don't have bad days anymore. Bad days belong in the other kingdom. Good days belong in my kingdom. You don't want to waste days. How many know they go by very fast? I mean, my God, we're in June already. Do you realize that? My Lord, this year is halfway over so far. So praise God. We don't want to waste days. We want to walk in victory and peace every single day. And you'll become attractive to people when you're walking in peace and joy every single day. Because that's not the uh, appetite of the day right now. Things are messed up. And I'll tell you what, the news media is not going to help you once again. They're not going to preach any peace or joy to you whatsoever. They're just going to preach down and out how terrible things are for a little while. Beat it, beat it, then move on to something else and beat it and beat it. That's what they're designed to do. The Bible said we used to be under the prince of the power of the air. Well, you can be a Christian and still be under the prince of the power of the air if you constantly listen to the prince of the power of the air. That's what he wants to do, take over the airways. It was never so revealed to you as it is now, is it? 
I mean, it seems like he controls every news, every station, everything, every, I mean, praise God, we're even in Pride Month right now. That saved me from going there. Thank you very much. Now all you get in trouble instead of just me. But my God, I mean, how warped can you be? We have one day to honor those people who suffered and died to save this country. Now we got a month. See? And, and the whole power of the air joining in on it. Different stations joining in. Different corporations joining in. Joining in on sin, praise God. You can't get involved in that stuff, praise God. Those people need prayer. They need deliverance. We need to pray some of these people into the kingdom of God at higher levels. And politicians, too. I'm telling you what. We need to get some out of there and get some new ones in. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that can be done. We've got the power of prayer and we've got the authority to do that, praise God. Hallelujah. So you've got authority this morning. No matter what you think or don't think. And whatever you say out of your mouth, catch yourself. When you're claiming something, you say, bless God, that's not of God. That's not me. I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore, and I'm not going to. I've got authority in that area. And run that thing out of your life, praise God. You're not a loser. You're a winner. Meditate on being a winner. I'm anointed. I see myself anointed. I see myself blessed. I see money coming from every direction. My pockets are full. I don't have any place to put it. There's some... What are you doing? You're seeing yourself who you are. You're a wealthy and prosperous person, praise God. So meditate on the good things. Meditate on the Word of God. Change your ID, glory to God, and then use your authority in every single area of your life, praise God. All right, jump up this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That was good, Pastor Tom. I'm glad I heard that this morning because that was darn good this morning. That really changed my life, praise God. I'm so excited about the Word, I'll tell you. I, can, I just want to go cast the devil out of the squirrel right now. It runs across the road. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Let's pray this morning. Put your hands on your heart this morning. Father, I thank you for the seed this morning that came forth from you out of my mouth. I thank you that it is dug deep in the heart of every single person here. I thank you that that seed is just a seed today. It will continue to grow, continue to prosper, and it will bring fruit in fast fashion. I ask for Holy Ghost miracle grow. In the name of Jesus, jump on that seed. Holy Ghost, reveal in our lives where we need to change, what we need to see different, how we need to see ourselves different. And I thank you and give you glory for what you're doing in our hearts by your Spirit of God and by the authority and by the Word of God. Father, you want a generation that rises up, praise God. Puts the enemy underneath their feet so that you can rise up and come back. Hallelujah. And we're part of that generation, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be there. We thank you for being on the earth even now. We give you praise that this is our time and this is our hour. And we give you glory for all that you're doing through us. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, praise God. We will see you Wednesday night. the kingdom